Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our midweek podcast from Avila Presbyterian. You're all very welcome, uh, and we come together this evening uh, to worship God, to recognize the rich, rich blessings that we have in our Lord Jesus. As we uh, come together this evening, I want to begin with these words from Psalm 89. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The God who is faithful is the one who we come to worship tonight. The one uh, who has made his promises to his people. And as we take the name of Jesus, as we look to him, we may know uh, those promises in our lives also. Well, as we think of this, let us begin this evening uh, in prayer. Let us come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we look to you this evening for the one who is faithful, the one, Lord, who we may come before knowing, Lord, that you bring real uh, and lasting life. You are the one, Lord, who we can trust in through all that may come our way. And Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, we recognise all too often how, Lord, our lives uh, can be unstable, how our lives can be taken from one promise to another. How, Lord, uh, our ambitions and our uh, attentions, Lord, can be diverted uh, to many other things that are not of you. Lord, how easily we wander away. But, Lord, we look to you now We long for you uh, to be uh, uh, the source of life to us. The joy, Lord, that continues uh, to stabilise us in all that we may face. Lord, we long uh, to know of you, the faithful one, working in our lives. To know of the great depths of your love in all that we may do. For Heavenly Father, we look to you this evening for our comfort and our peace. Lord, we bring before you those things in our lives that are not of you. Asking, Lord, that you may uh, work in us. That we may know, Lord, that joy of you, uh, of you directing and guiding us. For Lord... Uh, we look to find that peace in you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we look uh, to know of what it means to follow you. And Lord, as we come before you this evening, we pray that we may have that knowledge of your Spirit going before us, looking to guide and direct us in all that we may do. And Lord, we ask these things now. In Jesus' loving name, amen.
Well, as uh, we before we come uh, to our scripture reading this evening, we're going to begin with our first item of praise, a lovely item of praise uh, sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family. And the praise is entitled, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. We adore you, we 
And let us come now uh, to our scripture reading for this evening. Again, we're going to take another look at at one of Jesus' parables in the Gospel of Matthew. So we turn uh, this evening to Matthew 20, and we're going to read verses 1 to 16. These are Jesus' words. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long, doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Am I not being being unfair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I give you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Here end the reading of God's word. Let us come before God in prayer before we take some time to look at this passage. Heavenly Father, as we approach your word this evening, we recognise our knowledge of you, our knowledge of the kingdom, only comes uh, through your word, through you teaching it to us. So we pray this evening that we may have that awareness of you speaking to our lives of you showing us the beauty of your love, showing us the beauty of what it means uh, to be uh, the kingdom person. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, throughout uh, these last couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the parables that Jesus gave us in the Gospel of Matthew. And one of the things Uh, that we see is how Jesus looks to teach. These beautiful little parables are everyday stories for everyone to take on board. They are stories to show us about what it means to belong to the kingdom 
and what the kingdom of God looks like. And no matter who we are, no matter how much education background we have, no matter uh, how much uh, we study, we recognise that it is only through Jesus, only through his words, uh, that we may have uh, knowledge of God's kingdom. We all start with a blank sheet and we all learn about who God is through his goodness and his love, through coming before his word. And that's what's happening here in this passage. Just before this in chapter 19, Jesus says the words in verse 30, Many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. It's, it's showing the, the difference in thinking and kingdom thinking rather than in worldly th- thinking. And it's where this parable, this lovely parable of the workers in the vineyard comes. For the leaders, the, the religious leaders have perverted their own scriptures completely. They have adopted an horrendous view of God's grace. They're trying to teach that it all depends on what people do and what how they live and what they can accomplish uh, to enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus uh, shows here in chapter 19, many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. So how can the the poor fisherman uh, who are up with the first, how can the rich young man be rejected? On what principles does God work? The answer lies here in this parable of the vineyard. The story of the parable is very Jewish. Uh, From Old Testament times, the vineyard had been an image of Israel. And it's not hard to see Israel in the vineyard of this parable. And it's obvious who the employer is. It is God. The details are the sort of thing that happened time and again in any Jewish village at grape harvest. Storms could ruin the crop, so timing is of the essence and it's important to get the workers in when the time is right to pick. And the working hours are right from dawn to dust. The wage is right. Indeed, it's a very generous wage for a full day's unskilled labour. The unemployment background is right also. It was all too familiar. Actually, standing in the marketplace was the equivalent of nowadays attending the job centre. It was all very familiar, as was the payment of the labour force at the end of the day. Least a working man should go home with no money for for the evening meal. So there's a lot of uh, things that will be familiar to those who were listening to this parable. But its familiarity uh, is a total reversal of the normal values. And there's certainly no recipe for industrial peace when we see the outcome to it. The unions would have been up in arms if any employer acted like that today. But of course the story had nothing to do with industrial peace. It was intended to show the principle on which God receives people into his kingdom. And so for the hearers of this parable, there's three surprises that await us. 
there's three surprises that as we take in the truths of this parable, uh, show us the upside down kingdom living. First, there is something strange about the employer. He really cares about the down and outs. He could have sent an employee to the marketplace to pick up the labours, but instead he goes out himself. Indeed, he goes out repeatedly to seek them. They are hungry and unemployed, and as the day wears on, increasingly hopelessness uh, comes that they're not going to get payment for a day's work. The employer cares about that. He wants to give them a job of work and a reward. Really an unusual employer. But we see here the picture of this parable is of an employer that longs uh, to look after his employees. He looks to give them a good day's work and reward them for it. And a second surprise comes at the end of the day. The big thing uh, that uh, people take away from this parable is the payment of the employees. Uh, that is the normal time and it was normal custom that as they begin, they begin with the ones who arrived last. But he gives each of them a full day's pay. The last who have worked only one hour are paid the same as those who have been working all day long. Such as an amazing, uh, the amazing generosity of the employer. So while the hearers were reeling under the impact of an employer like this, and a payment structure like this, Jesus gives the third surprise. As his words at the end of this parable, Friend, may I show you a document you signed this morning? The contract? How much was it for? One denarius? Yes, I thought so. It's a very good day's wage. So why are you complaining? The worker who has been working all day in the heat of the day, wants the employer to break the contract that both sides have signed. He feels that he has uh, he has been wronged. But far from being unfair, the employer totally fulfills his contract and then displays uncalled for uh, uh, for such generosity to the latecomers. You see what's happening here. Those who are the religious leaders of the day look to uh, want to make it about uh, who they were and what it means uh, to uh, be uh, uh, bringing their own abilities. The church members of the long standing uh, in uh, the church in Matthew's day might have complained. They had built the church, modelled it, slaved away in it. And now here were all these new believers crowding in and wanting to make changes and take office. They did not know their place. They imagined that by their own activity and their own works they could actually make themselves acceptable to God. They would have no idea that God would be gracious to those called at the last hour, whether tax collectors and sinners or any other Jewish outcasts or indeed the Gentiles to whom the good news of the kingdom was beginning to spread. Throughout these uh, parables, 
there was a clash of authority with the religious establishment. And it will lead right to the coming climax of the cross as it grows near. But it is important then uh, to frame Jesus' teaching here. People's response to Jesus' authority is a matter of life and death. First for him, but ultimately for them. As they take in the truth of these parables, they may understand more about what it means to find life in Jesus. To one and all, this parable presents a firm rebuttal. One standing in the kingdom of God does not depend on human merit or any way whatsoever. Matthew is as clear on this as ever uh, uh, as ever, it depends on the sheer, unmerited favour of the only one who is ultimately good, the Lord Jesus. And who accepts those who could never be good, in order that this free grace may produce in them the, the genuinely good works in Jesus' name. Merit is excluded. All depends on grace alone. And without it, Uh, they would not have a chance at all. How do we approach God's throne of grace? We approach it in Jesus' name. It's important, isn't it, that we understand this more and more. No matter if we have been a Christian for many, many years and have been able to do many things in Jesus' name, or we're coming to it afresh, and looking to take those steps in following Jesus and showing others this good news. Just before I finish, I came across this week a wonderful little clip from a very well-known American American Scottish preacher, Alistair Begg. This clip's only a couple of minutes long. He's talking about the thief on the cross. Let's listen to it. If you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing... Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person. Because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. What an immense, I can't can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you 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 were cussing the guy out with your friend. You've never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and, yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, did Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor ranger. So, we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you are you are you are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? 
guy said, I never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, I, let, let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Now, now, that's the, that is the only answer. That is the only answer. What wonderful news this is. On what right do you have to be here? The man on the middle cross said I could come. We come to God's kingdom in Jesus' name. We rest on him in all that we may do. Let us remember that as we continue uh, to seek him through everything that we may face. Let's come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that in Jesus' name we have been made right. In Jesus' name, Lord, we may know of your goodness and love in all that we may face. Let us seek you in our lives and all that we may do. And Lord, as we look uh, to uh, follow you, We pray, Lord, that we may be aware of what you have called us to do. To show others about your kingdom. To show the grace that you have given to us. To share that love that we have found in you. Lord, we ask this now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. We're going to... Uh, listen to another praise now, this time sung to us uh, by the Gettys, uh, a very uh, w- uh, well-known piece uh, that was mentioned in our service on Sunday, Facing a Task Unfinished.
to the end of our podcast this evening we want to take just some time to pray for others to pray for different circumstances that are happening both in our church family uh, in our country and in the world around us as we uh, continue to deal uh, with this pandemic and many other things that are happening Uh, I want to continue to read some verses from Psalm 89 uh, before we come to God in prayer This is taken from verses 14 to 18. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in you in your righteousness for you are their glory and strength and by your favour you exalt our horn indeed our shield belongs to the Lord our king to the Holy One of Israel where do we find strength 
Where do we find a sense of direction and guidance? It's through the name of Jesus, through knowing our God. Let us come before him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this evening for the opportunity, Lord, to serve and to follow you. To know, Lord, that in Jesus' name you are using us, Lord. And through him, Lord, we may know of your strength and your glory through these days. And Lord, we want to come before you this evening, bringing before you those who are hurting at this time. Lord, we want to lift up before you those who are dealing with real uh, extreme health concerns at this time. We want to pray, Lord, for the treatment that they receive. We want to pray, Lord, for the appointments, Lord, that they have at this time and for scan results that will be coming through. Lord, asking that they may know, Lord, your hand upon them, you leading them through these days. Lord, we lift up before you those who are finding life so difficult at this time. We pray, Lord, for those who are facing great uncertainty through these days. We pray, Lord, for those who are fearful of what one day will bring to the next. And asking, Lord, that your peace may reign in their lives. That they may have that awareness, Lord, of your love to them. Of you being that shield to them that they need. Lord, we want to lift up before you our leaders at this time. Lord, we pray for those, Lord, who are making decisions about coming out of lockdown. Uh, We pray, Lord, for those who are making uh, decisions, Lord, about our country and our world at this time. And Lord, we ask that you may rise up leaders of you. That, you may ha- that, that we may have that great confidence, Lord, in those who are leading and guiding us through these days. Lord, that we may know of what it means, Lord, uh, to know of your glory and power in all that they do. Lord, we want to also lift up before you uh, our young people through these days also. Recognising, Lord, that uh, this is a a really lovely time uh, of year whenever they finish their school year and are looking for time off. And we ask for your protection over them. We ask, Lord, that through this time, Lord, there is a real uh, sense just of refreshment and joy in what they are doing. But, Lord, also, we pray, Lord, that they may know that they are secure in you, that your name is the one that they look to honour, that you are the one, Lord, who will guide and direct them through their lives. And Lord, we pray this for one another as we think about what it means to be part of your kingdom, as we think about what it means, Lord, to live in a way that is not of this world, but of your kingdom, that we may know, Lord, of that joy of living for you, of serving you in all that we may do. And Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, thank you uh, so much for listening this evening. Uh, May you know God's rich blessing throughout your life. And we ask 
Uh, And we come to close this evening with these words of benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.